Well, hey, good morning, uh, church family. We all doing all right this morning? Are we all doing all right this morning? Yeah, all right, all right. Hey, a few housekeeping things uh, before we get started. If you are new here, if you're a first-time guest or a returning guest, we want to get to know you more. And so if you would see this uh, pamphlet on the back of the pews, you can text CONNECT to 423-455-5530. Um, Chris Barnett is gone. As you may know, he'll be gone for the next two weeks um, on a much-needed restful vacation. So I'm preaching this week, and next week Sean uh, will be preaching for you guys, and so I'm excited about that. Um, Another thing, the EB Kids Summer Kickoff uh, is this afternoon, 3 to 6. It got rescheduled. It was supposed to be at the beginning of June, but the rain came, and so we had to move it. Um, And so from 3 to 6 right here um, at the building, there's going to be food, there's going to be snow cones, there's going to be games, all these great things. Um, It's for everyone. You don't have to be a kid to participate. Isn't that great? Amen? We can get free food. Amen? Uh, So if you would like to come to that, please come out uh, from 3 to 6 at here at the building for the EB Kids Summer Kickoff. Uh, One more thing. Uh, This is the last Sunday that one of our staff employees is going to be an employee for us. So Kate, would you stand? Uh, Kate has been an intern for our YAC ministry for about a year now. Um, For some reason, she's quitting and going to become a doctor. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it, but uh, this is her last Sunday, and she's done a remarkable job for our Yak uh, family, so we would give her a round of applause for her service. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Kate. You're doing great. Um, so, so Chris is gone, right? And so he thought, um, who would be the most talented, uh, the best speaker he could get? And here I am, and I'd like to preach to you about humility. Thank you uh, in advance for not laughing after I talked about being a great speaker. I appreciate that, you guys not laughing at that. Uh, But no, when we think about humility, right, we're usually thinking about uh, someone who is doing all these great things, um, this amazing job that that he or she does, and and doesn't, you know, boast about it, right? Like we're not, um, you know, talking about how great we're doing. Um, Usually someone's like, this is the most humble person I know. He he doesn't take any credit. He doesn't do anything for his own good, Uh, right? That's what we think about when we think about humility. We think about doing a great job at something and then not taking any credit in return, right? Well, there's some other uh, humility topics, um, especially throughout history, and so I wanted to share with you some quotes. Um, Here's the first one. If you can put that on the screen, this is a great one, right? What the world needs is more geniuses with humility. There are so few of us left. That guy was really humble, um, if you didn't know already. Well, and here's a humbling experience here. Uh, this was John Sedgwick, an uh, officer in the Civil War. He says, they couldn't hit elephants at this dist. <laughs> Thank you. If you don't know what that means, come on. Uh, he, he didn't make it. He was humbled uh, at the very end. Uh, for me, it's something different. Uh, when I am humbled every single fall. Um, I believe and did this hype about this team called the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, I'm a diehard Volunteers football fan, and I believe it. Every time on spring, it's we're going to go to the championship. Uh, we're going to make it. We're going to, it feels like 98. Our team is going to win the SEC. Our team is going to beat Alabama and Florida. Um, I, I used to believe that uh, until about a few years ago uh, when this happened, if you would want to show that. Yeah, uh, that is Tennessee versus Georgia State. Um, when they came into town in 2019, no, I'm not talking about Georgia. I'm not talking about Georgia Tech. I'm talking about Georgia State. Uh, Georgia State went 2-10 and 10 
the year before they played Tennessee, uh, they were not even in the same like division uh, realm of college football. They were a step down. And they come into Neyland Stadium and destroy us. And that's when I gave up uh, thinking that Tennessee was a good program. Uh, or maybe you're this person when you're doing something. You can show this video. Oh, he shoots the three. And then, he, oh. Let's see that in slow motion. Oh. Man. Looked like Josh Guthrie out there. No, I'm kidding, Josh. You're great. Uh, but hey, we're going to be in Luke 14 today. Uh, so if you want to open up your Bibles or, or uh, unlock your phone and get your Bible app, we're going to be in Luke 14. I want to I give you some background here uh, before we get into it. Luke's gospel is unique out of the other four because it's the only one written by a Gentile. Okay, and so Matthew, Mark, and John are written by Jewish people. But Luke comes in and writes his gospel, and he's a Gentile. And so it comes from uh, eyewitness accounts. And so Luke is not a firsthand witness to the Messiah. And so he's relying on these accounts from different people. And Luke's gospel is all about the upside-down kingdom. Okay, and so what do I mean by the upside-down kingdom? There, there's a meaning to it. So when you think something is going to happen in Jesus' kingdom, it's the opposite. Okay, and so when you think, okay, the Pharisees and the religious elite are going to be the first ones into the kingdom, Luke comes in and Jesus comes in and he says, no, 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 it's the poor. It's the lame, it's the crippled that are going to be first in my kingdom. And so it's this upside down uh, philosophy, this upside down kingdom. And so here we are in Luke chapter 14. And Jesus is in the middle of this trek down to Jerusalem. And, and he's, he's making this final trip, because we all know what happens in Jerusalem, right? He's going he's gonna to be crucified, and he's going to raise himself from the dead. So he's making this final trip. Um, he's speaking through these parables along the way, and he enters into the home of this Pharisee. Some translations say uh, the leader of the Pharisees, but, but we know that it, this is an important guy, right? They say prominent Pharisee, uh, elite Pharisee, whatever. And, and he's in this home, and this man comes in who, who has an ailment. We don't really exactly know what it is, but Jesus heals him, and it's on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees are speechless. They don't know what to think of this, because doing work on the Sabbath is unlawful, right? And, and so we're in this home, and there's obviously going to be some tension here. Um, and we're, we're surrounded by these very important Pharisees, not just the, the average Pharisees, important Pharisees. And Jesus begins a lesson on humility. Isn't that awesome? And so here we are in Luke 14. And, and he speaks to these three parables, these three banquet parables uh, that he's going to speak to these people at the banquet at. And the first one is in, starting in verse 7, and it's about the guests at the banquet. And I want to read it for you. He says, When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, this is Jesus, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And here we have the first example of this upside-down kingdom. Right? And so you think the person who's all, all out in front, uh, the, the person who who's, is being seen by everyone, this is the person that Jesus is going to lift up, right? But it's not. It, it's the humble, the people who, who are, are lesser than, the people who put themselves at, at this lower status. 
And, and this is something that's very important because we, we, we kind of don't understand the idea of like a, a banquet feast and, and, and seating arrangements in a Jewish uh, feast together. Um, but it, this was a huge deal. Like this is a huge deal. The, the person who sat up front near the host, the one being seen by all the guests, this was the honored person. This was the person who was looked up to, right? This is the person that were like, oh, wow, that, that's the cool person. That's the most important person. And, and, and Jesus comes in, and he's so countercultural, and he says, no, no, no. In, in my kingdom, the person who gives up their seat, the, the, the person who, who steps away from the limelight, those are the people that I'm going to exalt. Those are the people that I'm going to lift up. It, it, it's a humility that is so much different than the ones we think about because this, this type of humility, right, the, the taking away of the, the best seat in the house and instead sitting at, at, at the back of the house, th this is a different humility because it affects not only how you perceive yourself, but how others perceive you. Because if you're sitting in the back of the house, you're not as cool or important. And people are going to see you differently. And, and that's what Jesus' humility is. See, part of humility is placing the needs of others first. It's to say, look, I, I have this great seat at this banquet. And everyone's going to look at me. And everyone's going to see me. They're going to think, I'm awesome, I'm great. But instead of, of sitting at it, I'm going to take a step back. And I'm going to let my friend or my neighbor or someone I don't know take the place I mean, this is huge. This is something that, that we do not understand, but we also struggle with daily. Like, we constantly want the best thing. We want the best phone. We want the best food. We want the best car. I'm looking at cars right now. Uh, hopefully, I'll have money for one one day. But I'm, I'm wanting the best. I'm wanting the one with the best radio, the best tires, the best windows, whatever. We, we want the best that we can get, the best tools we can get. We act in self-interest. Right? And, and I'm not just talking about self-interest. I'm talking about self-interest for my circle, my family, my friends, my neighbors. We, we think about the needs of our people. And, and this might sound harsh as if I'm saying that if, if we're thinking about someone else around us that we love. I mean, that's not really humility. But I want to challenge you this morning. And I want to challenge you to a different type of humility that Jesus talks about. Because after this parable, he, he turns his attention to the Pharisee, the one hosting, the one hosting the, the banquet. And starting in verse 12, he says this. When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or your sisters or your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back. And so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And later on in this chapter, he'll say this. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. I, this is radical. This is something that, that we can't understand as much in this world because in this world, in this Jewish world, family is everything. And I know it's important to us. I'm not saying that. But in this world, it's everything. And so if you are someone who is, is, is going to say, I hate my father and mother, or I hate my brother or sister, I hate myself, that's turning your back on your family. It's turning your back on the ones you love. It's turning your back on your heritage. And, and to invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, to, to, to a banquet feast means you're inviting someone who would be considered unclean or considered sinful. 
And so therefore, if they were in your home eating at your table, you would be declared unclean. And you would be declared sinful. And this humility is, is, is something serious here. And, and Jesus says to invite these people. He doesn't just say to be nice to these people, right? We, we kind of get into this, this complex of like, I can just be nice to this person. I don't have to go near them. I, I don't have to help them. I just have to have a, a positive thought about them. But Jesus says, no, no, invite them into your home. Humble yourself and invite them into your home. Why? Because humility is placing the needs over the outcast. Over, <laughs> needs of the outcast over those close to you. Do we understand that? Humility is placing the needs of the outcast over those close to you. The poor cannot repay you. The outcast can't help you. The, the broken have nothing that you can benefit from. It, 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 is, it is pure humility to, to lower yourself and, and to invite someone in like this to, to eat with them, to share a meal with them. Because sitting at a table with one of these people, or anyone, sitting at a table with someone impaired, sitting, sitting at a table with someone who, who was an outcast, a foreigner, this meant you were equal with them. I mean, th this was something that was, was, you wouldn't do. The slaves would not eat with the masters. The, the, the broken would not eat with the clean. And yet Jesus says to invite these people to your banquet and sit with them and eat with them. Because it means you're equal with them. <laughs> this is shocking stuff. And, and he goes into this some more. Right? In the final parable, starting in verse 16, Jesus says this. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. He's like, guys, the feast is ready. Go out. Tell everyone it's ready to come and enjoy. It's going to be a great time. We're going to party. But they will all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yokes of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. The, the, the humble, the humble will easily come to the feast. Uh, they're not going to make excuses. They're hungry. They don't see pride. They don't see status. They will eagerly, they will eagerly come to the feast. But, but, but the proud won't. The proud will make excuses. The, the, the proud will, will, will try to avoid it at all cost. And, and I think I know why. It's because the kingdom feast will be filled with the crippled, the blind, the lame, the foreigner, the outcast, the, the bottom dweller. And if you do not have humility, if you can't humble yourself to, to be surrounded by that, you won't want to come. And the feast is the kingdom. 
The, the feast is heaven. And heaven's going to be filled with, with that. Heaven's going to be filled with the blind, with the lame, with the outcast, with the foreigner, with the sick. That, that's what heaven is going to be filled with. And, and if you do not have humility, you won't want to come. And in verse 24, he says, Not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Man, if that's not humbling. Jesus isn't rescinding the invitation here. Not once does it say the master rescinded his invitation. Not once did it say you are not welcomed here anymore. It, Jesus isn't plugging up the well here. He's saying that the proud and the excusers are, are not going to want to come. They're not going to want to be here. <laughs> the ultimate form of humility. The humility that Jesus practices is something greater than just not taking credit for something that we do. It, it's lowering ourselves. But, but then it, it goes a step closer. I love how Jesus does this all the time. It's like, okay, he just hits you with this stuff. And it's hard. And I don't want to hear it, right? And, and I, I just feel like I'm failing at this. And I'm like, surely Jesus is going to give me a catch. Surely Jesus is going to be like, okay, but, but you're forgiven. But as usual, he just goes a step further. And in verse 27, Jesus says this. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. I want to read that again. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Because Jesus, to hum humility to Jesus is the death of my identity and the adoption of his. It, 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 it's, to be a Jesus follower is to have so much humility that all my rights, all my wants, all my desires, all, all, all the things that, that make me, me, die. Every, everything that I pursue, uh, the way that I do things, the way that I think about people, the way that, that, I, that I treat people, it all dies. And, and I put on Christ. <laughs> He's not sugarcoating, is he? It's a death of identity. And, and this, is like, this is like baptism, right? We willfully accept this submission. And when we go down and die in the waters, and we come up this new creation, beautifully made, with mercy and grace, all over with the Holy Spirit. And, and this is what baptism is supposed to be. It's this representation of a death of oneself. Just like Jesus died. And this kind of humility, the humility to give up your identity, Right? It, it's so foreign today. I mean, we, we see it every day. Um, I, I see it every day on social media. Like, uh, uh, embrace you. Like, your identity is everything. It's the one thing you own. It's the one thing you control in life. Take hold of it. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. Be, be the person who you want to be. You decide. It's in your heart. It's in your core. This is the person you're supposed to be. And, and we see it all the time, right? We see these people who are constantly searching. They're constantly searching for fulfillment in themselves. And they're saying, okay, if I, if I become this person, if I just follow myself, and I live like I want to live, and I do the things that I want to do, I'm going to be satisfied. I'm going to be filled. And, and time and time again, we see that it just dies. We see these people just lost in themselves, broken, defeated. But yet they keep trying to serve themselves and do what they want to do. And so Jesus challenges us here. And he says, die. 
He says die. It's literal for some. It's metaphorical for others. But he says to give up control. Give, give up my pride. Give up my want. Give up my desire. Give up me. So I can be more like him. Uh, I think what it comes down to is this. How, how, do, we, how do we die to ourselves? How, how do we be more like Jesus? And, and I think the answer is found in the Beatitudes here. And we all know the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. This is like Jesus' most iconic and influential message. Um, And he starts off with these blessings. And he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemaker, the persecuted for the righteousness. All these blessings that he has. But, But there's something else happening here. I think it's amazing how he does this. Because what he's doing in these Beatitudes is hiding his identity. And he's hiding his life that he's about to live. Alright, let me help. Can, can you think of someone who humbled himself to leave his throne? His status as king. And all his rights and his power to become poor. Economically and spiritually. Ne- never owning a possession or having a roof under his head. Always being rejected. By the religious elites. And someone who mourned over the world and its brokenness. Who, who saw the, the, the pain and the sorrow and the sin and mourned over it. And so he submitted to his father in meekness. And he agreed to make himself powerless to his own desires. He hungered and he thirsted for the world to be made right. That sin and injustices would be ridden from it. That everything would be in right relationship with each other. Between God and man. And so he showed small mercies to everyone he could. Friend and enemy. And because of his pure heart. Because he focused on the goodness in people and not the bad. He got in the middle of dangerous situations. He got into the middle of it. And he made peace between enemies. And because of his righteousness, he was persecuted, he was beaten, and he was killed. To be a Jesus follower is to follow in this footstep. To to be a Jesus follower is to give up your claims, to give up your rights, your ways, and to lower yourself all the way to the bottom. This is what humility is to Jesus. It's not just not taking credit for something. It's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. To to be humble is to mourn for the world. To see the brokenness and the angst and feel the way our Father feels a deep sense of love for His children and sorrow for the way they've strayed from their Father. It's to hunger and it's to thirst for right, right relationships with people and God and to have a deep longing inside of you to seek out people's well-being. It's to show mercy to others, to give mercy generously as our Father gives generously. It's to forgive, to reconcile brokenness into righteousness because it's at the heart of God's character. It's to be pure in heart, to only be concerned with God and his kingdom, to not be consumed by pride or personal fortune, but to have a heart set on Jesus and see the good in his creation. It's to be a peacemaker. It's to see people in conflict in the world. These, these two sides fighting between each other and not taking one and not taking a step, but, but getting in the middle of it and, and bringing them together in reconciliation. 
It's doing all these things righteously with the right attitude and the right heart and expecting persecution. And, and when that comes, instead of fighting it, instead of saying, no, I don't deserve that, instead of having this pride in you, it's to give it up and praise God for it. That's what humility is. To be a Jesus follower is to die to yourself and become like Christ. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. See, it, it, it's easy to, to be humble around your friends. It's easy to, to give up something for your friend or your family, your loved one or your neighbor. It's easy. Everyone does it, right? Like not, the Christians do it, but all, you know, also the non-Christians do it too. But what's hard is to show humility and give up something for a foreigner, for an enemy, for someone who you don't consider is equal with you. It's hard to humble yourself and say, my life isn't as important as his. That's hard. But, but that's what humility is. Ultimate humility to Jesus is death. Death to my want. Death to my right. Death to anything that I claim is my identity. It's buried and it's gone. And now I'm just like Christ. That's what humility is. And so just to challenge you this week, as we go out into our communities, as we go into our work, as we go to our school, whatever we're doing, wherever we're at, I want to challenge you not to just lower yourself. Not to just lower yourself and, and not take credit for something. Not to just lower yourself and, 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 you know, be nice to someone who you're not nice to, but humble yourself so much that it seems like you hate your own family. Humble yourself so much that you don't claim any type of personal identity at all except Jesus. Humble yourself so much that it looks like you don't even care about yourself. You're just dead because you're so focused on Jesus and his mission, and you're so focused on bringing together people and loving people through the name of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. God, we need you. God, we, we struggle. We struggle with pride, with identity. We, we try to do what we want to do and go where we want to go and, and take command of our lives. But Jesus, you call us to die. You call us to give up our rights, to give up our throne, to, to give up everything that we think we've worked for, everything that we think we've earned, everything that we think is, is unique to us. You tell us to die to it and to put on you and follow you. So God, this morning, I, I pray you speak to us. I pray your spirit will convict us to give up to, to follow Jesus to the cross. To willfully choose to sacrifice so that others can come and eat and drink at the feast. God, we thank you for your word. It's purity. It's goodness. It's wisdom. We thank you for your church. God, I pray you bless us. 
I pray you use us for your kingdom. I pray you deliver us from evil. And I pray your will be done on this earth as is in heaven. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, one of the things that we can do that is the most uh, humbling thing uh, that we have the ability to do is worship. Uh, Worship is not just singing a joyful tune to the Lord. It it is this act of submission. It's this act of humbly walking uh, to, to the foot of the throne of God and saying, God, I need you. God, I worship you. I praise your name. And so the first step in in becoming humble, the first step of dying to the cross, the the first step of picking up your cross daily and following him is at the feet of Jesus, worshiping God. And so I want to invite you to worship. I want to invite you to stand and sing and live out this humility and give your all to Jesus. If if you need help this morning, if you feel that that this this humility you haven't shown, come and talk to us. We'll have elders in a prayer room. We can do a text to prayer thing. I think it's awesome. Um, You can text a prayer request. That's amazing. Um, But if you need anything, if you say, I'm just not humble, and and I've, I've, I've walked my own way, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. If you feel like you're not deserving of Jesus, if you feel like you're one of the lame or the blind or the outcast or, or the brokenness that Jesus speaks to, you're going to be exalted. You're going to be lifted up. You're going to be first in the kingdom. Whatever we can do for you, come and eat and drink of the feast as we sing together.